Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to today's episode, episode five, featuring an old, old, old friend of mine, brother of mine. His name is Joel. Joel, say hello to everyone. Hey, everybody. How's it going? It's Joel, but Joel's good, too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I tell everybody everybody my slave's name's Joel, but not, you know, home name's Joel. (laughs) Your slave name used to be, you know, your last name, but... All right, so just real quick for for a quick recap, um, you know, episode four was with Matthew, and for those of you guys that don't know, um, Matthew and Joel were both really good friends of mine when we were all in the Navy. Um, I I, ba- I basically grew up with these guys. You know, they, these guys taught me the ropes. They taught me the ins and outs of the Navy world, and honestly. You know, I, I, a great part of my naval career while I was in is in due part to these men. And I do want to recognize you for that, Joel. Um, Hoyd, you know, it, it means a lot to me, everything that you did for me while we were in. And holy shit, bro, you're a fucking dad now. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate that. Yeah. We've, we went through a lot together. We've done a lot together, you know. Uh, we got to take care of one another while we're in there, right? You know. Yo, yo, real quick uh, side note. Before we dive into it, I just want to share this quick story. My first ever Thanksgiving without my family, right? Fresh out, fresh, fresh into the Navy world, you know, first time having Thanksgiving, you know, with strangers was with you. It was. It, it was. Really was. It was with you and Stuart <clears throat> at, over at yeah, Stuart's was... place, man. Oh, man. Wow. That was actually one of the best Thanksgiving I've ever had, honestly. Yo, <laughs> that was fire. That was fire. <clears throat> oh, but dude, you're a dad, bro. What the hell? I am, man. You know, I got two kids, a five-year-old who's in preschool and a two-year-old who's uh, a little demon child but you know that's the life that the cards gave you you know it's i love it oh you have anything wrong he's five years old now holy shit five man damn and 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 two boys right two boys two varones dang how does it make you feel you you're your boy dad all through and through like like, you want a girl Honestly, at first we wanted a girl. We wanted a girl because, you know, my family, it's all boys. It's all guys. You know, my dad was a family of nine or ten. And like two of them are girls. The rest are just boys. Then my family, I have two other brothers and one sister. So I wanted to change the genetics a little bit, but I guess didn't happen for me hey man you know what at least they're healthy right they are they're a blessing and that's wild so okay so so kind of walk me through because it's been a long time since you and i have talked man it's been years and years and so when when did you get out 
So I got out. Honestly, I got out early because I was going to school. So I started my career to school in 2018. January 2018 is when I started school. So I got out technically 2018, uh, January. Uh, and I've been in school since. Well, I have, I'm going for my second associate's degree already. Uh-huh. My first associate's degree is in paramedics. Okay. Then my second one I'm finishing up. I'm actually graduating in April. And it's for welding. No so way. Two different worlds. Congratulations. Holy shit. Yeah. And Yo. it's all thanks to the Navy, man. I mean, for real? Paid for everything. Yeah. All, both of my associate's degree I got because, you know, I, when I got out of the Navy, the VA paid for it. There you go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you guys want to have a conversation about benefits out after you get out, you know who to talk to? My man Joel. <laughs> Honestly, it was it, it was it was a struggle trying to figure everything out because they don't tell you a lot. You know, me, and my wife, um we've gone through all, gone through it all like since I got out, she was in there with me. Um You've met her, right? Yeah, you've met her. Yeah, so so let's 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 you rewind know, even you further. Know. You guys met, if I remember correctly, what 2016? 15. 2015. That's right, 2015. So you guys met in 2015, and and how did how was that, man? How was how was you being in a relationship while in the Navy? Talk to me about that. How was that challenging for you? First is, you know, there's hardly any communication because there's hardly any internet or there's no phone time, especially in our jobs, working, what, 18 to 20 hours a day, depending. Mm -hmm. It's hard getting some time, but, I mean, we made it work. You know, if when there's a will, there's a way, right? Yeah. And it's just, it was, it was hard in the beginning. But we made it through. We're already almost on eight years together. Wow, eight years. Oh my god. Yeah. I remember I remember I remember when you guys got together. She's from Texas, right? Yeah, well technically she's from Mexico, but But you guys met because here. of Texas, right? It's, it's, that's a whole nother that's a whole story. different story gotcha 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 no worries no worries so we'll be okay. here all day. so you guys are in the navy we're in the navy and you guys are together and you guys are navigating all of those circumstances you get out 2018 and you're going to school and then you're Son's born in 2019, right? Yes. So with that, mm-hmm. my son was born in 2019. My father-in-law passed the day after my son was born. No! No, oh my God, Joel, I am so sorry. No, I am for right, your wife too. Oh my God. Oh my God, really? Yeah. So, How? No, he died the day before my son was born. The day before? Uh, he had a lot of, yeah, he had a lot of complications. You know, he had cancer. He was battling cancer. He was battling, uh, all these other health issues, man. Um, 
it was hard, you know, for us, especially my wife. She had complications during the birth, during labor and all that. My son was actually premature. So he was actually in the NICU for about two months before we even got to take him home. Uh, he was about three pounds, three ounces whenever he was born. So he was a small, oh. small. Joel, I am so sorry, man. I know. It's all right, man. I mean, God has plans for us, you know. One angel falls, another one comes, right? Yeah, for real. Yeah, wow, wow, wow. T tell your wife I'm sorry too, man. I can't, I can't even begin to imagine how much that must have felt like. Like to me, that sounds like she went into labor because your dad, her dad died, dude. Well, honestly, she was in the hospital already for a week. Oh. In the hospital. And then with complications, right? Mm -hmm. Then the day before my son was born, that's when she found out her dad passed away. Oh. Then an emergency C-section wow. happened. It was it was difficult for her. Now, if if you don't want to talk about this part, I totally understand, man. But if you would like to share, so that I can get a better understanding, and so the audience can get a better understanding. What kind of complications are we talking about? So a lot of it was preeclampsia. Okay. So preeclampsia, if you don't know, preeclampsia is basically what happens. Usually it's not as rare anymore, but your you know blood pressure goes up. You have a lot of difficulty. The baby sometimes uh, stops moving, stuff like that, right? You'll, there's a lot of signs and symptoms to it. Mm -hmm. But she started having preeclampsia to the point of eclampsia, which could cause seizures, oh my God. which could cause comas, stuff like that. So, I mean, we were in the hospital for about a week. Uh, she was still battling with the high blood pressure and all that other stuff, you know. Wow. And how how are you hanging in there, man? Um, Like I always do, man. Just take it one day at a time. You know, it hurts inside, but you can't, I can't, I'm not the type of person to show a lot of feelings. I um, feel like I'm the one who has to be strong because she's going through that. So I can't, you know, break down while she's going through all that. Uh, I mean, I could say I'm hurting because I see, I see her in that, you know, situation, mm -hmm. but She's the one who suffered more, you know? Of course, of course. Dang, dude. And then to see your son in the NICU, like, talk to me about that. Like, how did that feel, man? So at first, it was difficult, you know, just seeing him inside tubes in his nose, them, uh, you know, oxygen inside. It's basically like a little tank, right? Mm -hmm. um, it was it was a blessing because he was, you know, breathing. He was alive. He was, you know, everything was going great. Uh -huh. um, but at the same time, it's, it hurt because whenever my wife got out, we still couldn't bring him home. Right. Right. So we were, she, we were still missing that one piece to our puzzle. Right. I mean, he's healthy now. <laughs> he's actually a lot more healthier than me. That's for sure. <laughs> 
Oh, um, <laughs> that's, that's a good thing. <laughs> very active, man. He's very active. He's, and, he's very, he's actually really intelligent. Like, and for so, pre-K, while he was no in the NICU, way. was there any complications with him while he was in the NICU, or was it just a matter of, you know, just taking care of him and then just waiting for the right time for him to come out, or were there complications with him while he was in the NICU? Uh, actually, no, there was no complications. Oh, thank God. Uh, a lot of it was just trying to wait for his, uh, you know, his weight to get up. Right. So we're waiting for his, for him to get, gain more weight, to be able to be more healthier, you know, stuff like that. Right. <clears throat> and how did it feel for you to finally, for you guys to finally bring him home that day? Talk to me about that day. It felt like a relief, like, you know, we're bringing him home that day. It was nerve wracking. I'm not going to lie because, you know, first baby being a NICU, you know, premature. He's really small, really tiny. He could have fit like in the palm of your hand kind of thing. Right. Wow. Um, it was, uh, it was, it was really nerve wracking. Oh, I bet. I mean, I, I, I can't even imagine, dude. Like literally, like you just said, it's your first baby and your first baby, you're getting the experience of a preemie baby. Not even mm-hmm. like, you know, the normal standard of what usual parents go through, but you have to go through all these circumstances and having yeah. to juggle that. Like what, dude? Like, okay, please tell me you had family support. Yeah, we've had family support, you know, my parents were there, her um, mom was there, obviously they're going through a rough time, right? But right. we still had the support of families, you know, helping us out, doing what they can, you know. Wow. But, you know, being the first parent, uh, you know, first baby, you're very cautious of what goes around him, who comes around him, you know, hand sanitizer, wash your hands, do all this, all that, you know. You want to take care of him, especially we were very uh, particular with him because, you know, he just got out of the NICU, stuff like that. So Right. And was I'm getting a little ahead of myself, so I'm going to bookmark that. But but um, so your son's born in 2019. COVID happens 2020. Obviously, he's, you know, he he's he's doing a lot better now but how is covid and having a child how 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 is that and then on top of you having that added stress of like wanting to make sure that he's safe at all times because of again your first child and you want to make sure that he's safe and then boom covid happens like like i can't even begin to imagine how stressed out you guys probably were yeah, it was stressful, especially me. Around that time, I started working in the hospital. Oh so no! Started, yeah, so uh, whenever I would get home, I was working nights, but it was still bad, right? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Whenever I would get home, go through our garage, spray down with Lysol. Honestly, kind of get undressed from there, leave my stuff in the garage, go straight upstairs, take a shower, you know, do what I can, and then come back down, stuff like that. So it was it was difficult. 
Wow, dude. Oh my god. Okay, okay, okay. So then, how did you guys manage having a child during COVID? Because, in the sense of like, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, we were all in lockdown. Yeah, you know, we barely saw anyone during that time. But, I mean, I mean, like, I can't even imagine. Like, someone had to stay home with him at all times. And then on top yeah. of that, like, I can only only imagine you start to get cabin fever because you're home all the time. And then on top of that with a baby, like, how was that, man? Well, my wife didn't work for a little while. Uh, so she was taking care of him. And I would try, you know, whenever I would get off of school, get off of work, I will try helping her with the baby and everything I can. So... Uh, course lack of sleep but you know everything works out at the end okay and so again something that you don't have to talk about if you don't want to but did your wife uh, suffer from postpartum depression yes honestly yes I mean like I said everything that she was going through stuff like that it was it was very difficult for her. And so how did you um, support your wife during that time? What did you do for your wife specifically? Because, I mean, look, man, her dad had just died. And she just had a kid who's in the NICU. Like, what's going through your mind? Like, what are you doing exactly to be there supportive for your wife? Um. What I did, I tried, you know, tried uh, helping her out, you know, whatever I can, laundry, stuff like that. Um, tried just supporting her, giving her some words of encouragement, things like that, you know. I mean, honestly, there's not much you can do except just help around wherever you can because it's difficult. Now, remind me, Joel, but um, was Faith every ever involved in um during that time during that process of grieving did you guys happen to go to church or did you guys get support that way as well or no so we did we were going to church we still go to church i mean prayer we did a lot of prayer stuff like that i mean but as far as like a church involvement we weren't too involved into the church Okay. okay. So then the support you guys were gaining was mainly from like friends and family then, right? Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Wow. So then how was that, man? Like you're a paramedic during COVID. Like talk to me about that, dude. So during COVID, honestly, when I, I started in February of 2020 right right before covid oh started. jesus right before so, like, <laughs> i felt i know i had covid during like when i started yeah. like, for a week i was sick but my manager was like oh no you're okay you're okay so i was just working through it man yeah i was checking my pulse every like 30 minutes making sure i'm still alive like it was bad i didn't know what it was dog after all the shit that we had gone through in the navy and the shit that they injected us with i'm sure we have like some superhuman fucking defense against covid because that shit was rough yeah so i don't know why i'm not the hulk yet but still you know 
You got me at the wrong time. <laughs> you Take your time, man. Oh, shit. Yeah, so so you get COVID, you're working, you begin working February, and then, like, how, was, I, I, it, I can't even wrap my mind around that. Like, talk, to, it, like, what does that look rough. like? It was rough, man. We were nonstop busy, like, especially working in the emergency room. Everybody coming in, line out the door, ambulances out the door, like, and a lot of, like, I did so much CPR that it was just second nature to me now, like. Really? What? We had a lot of people pass away, like, it was. Oh, my God, Joel, I'm sorry. Oh, my God, dude. Okay, hold up. Can we talk about that? I mean. Did you? I'm only asking because I have a family member who who also works in the local field and has also had several of his patients die on the table or you know die on them. Um, have you sought help, mental help? Yeah, I actually have a uh, a therapist. I uh, have a uh, mental health therapist is actually from the VA that's been helping me uh calls me every 6 months just to see how I'm doing and everything like that. You know, I've been fine and if always need anything, I'll just give her a call stuff like that. So I mean, I actually handled it a lot. I felt like I handled it well, but I know my wife tells me, you know, you're too stressed, you know. And yeah, I was stressed. I was, you know, I had like outbursts and stuff like that. And, you know, I apologize to her because, you know, working, going to school, COVID, all that. It's, it's, it's a lot on your shoulders. And then yeah, especially the baby. Child. Yeah, dude. Oh man. And so what, what, what kind of things would you do? Would you go to the gym, work out at home? Would you go for runs? Like, like talk to me about self care, man. Like I can't wrap my mind around you having gone through all of these things that you went through already in the span of two years or yeah, in the span of a year and some change mm-hmm. without any, so, any kind of self care. Like please tell me you did some self care. And if you did, what kind of self care was it? So we did go to the gym. We did do a lot of, I did a lot of like meditating, you know, praying, uh, just try keeping busy. You know how I am. I'm always trying to stay busy. I'm always trying to do things. Uh, a lot of it, you know, just trying to keep my mind off of it, honestly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I just took everything day by day. That kind of, you know, as much as people say that a lot, because I, I, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, I just take it day by day. You know, it really does help taking it day by day because, yeah, you can plan for things in the future. And, you know, you got someone's birthday party you got to go to that weekend of the week or whatever. <laughs> but taking it day by day and just really reflecting on what's going on in the present, it's it's a hard thing to do, man. People think it's easy, but it's actually really, really hard. Yeah. 
And I actually heard something. I don't remember where I heard it from, but they say, you know, the future is the future. You don't know what's going to happen. The past is the past because it's already happened. But the present is the gift. So take it day by day because you're in the present. Mm, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. Ooh, wow. Okay. So already so much has happened in your life, man. And, and you're powering through it, dude. You're doing the impossible. You're being there for your wife. You're being there for your son. You're take, trying to take care of yourself. You're pushing through. And then you're, you have another son. Yeah. Um, before we got, before we had our other child, I mean, we got our house, we got all of our, everything was starting to open back up again, you know, everything was going smooth, mm -hmm. uh, relaxed, you know. Then, uh, had our other son and barely turned two. So in 2022, January, actually like six days after my birthday, he was supposed to be born on my birthday. Really? But, yeah, but he held out a little bit. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Okay, so now here's my question. Do you guys still celebrate each other's birthday, like, separate? Or did you guys decide to kind of, like, have a birthday on this day for the both of you? Honestly, I really stopped celebrating my birthday. My wife will give me a cake, sing happy birthday, just with us. Mm -hmm. But honestly, I haven't really been celebrating my birthday because after 25, you know, <laughs> yeah. car insurance, man, goes down. Yup, yup. After, after 25, you're just, you know, just another year. Yup, it's just another year, brother. It's just another year. Okay, so now let's, let's rewind because I'm really curious to know how the differences between each pregnancy, right? Because obviously you have the first pregnancy and you have the second pregnancy. You have inexperienced Joel who is going to become a father. And then you have experienced Joel who's already a father and has already gone through a pregnancy. So I want to know what kind of differences there were and how each pregnancy was for you, man. Because I can only imagine it was like day and night, right? I can only imagine that you were like super stressed out the first pregnancy. And then the second pregnancy, you're like, ah, I got this. Yeah. So, I mean, there were two different night and days. Uh, first one, you know, difficult time. Second one was a lot more uh, easier. We, you know... She was healthier, uh, no more, you know, uh, no more complications, stuff like that. Uh, so actually everything was actually running smoother. Uh, baby came, uh, when your baby was born, uh, he was, he was healthy, six pounds, five ounces, you know, they're, they're small, mm -hmm. but I mean, he was healthy. Uh, like everything was actually smoother during the second baby. And then you know how you hear uh the second one's always kind of like the, eh, you know, you already <laughs> dealt everything with the first one. Yeah. So second one, I mean, we still took care of him, like the first one and stuff like that, precautions and everything like that. 
but it was just a lot easier because we already had that experience where we went through all that with our first one, right. you know, colic, bit ups, uh, all that. I mean, so, and I was blessed because both of my kids slept through the night. I had to wake them up to feed them. Oh my God. So we yeah, would have to wake talk them up about lucky, night. dude. They'll just sleep through the night. If not, you know, then they'll wake up angry and cranky that they didn't eat. Now, with the first pregnancy, with the complications that you had, I'm assuming the first pregnancy, you were damn near like shitting your pants, right? Like you were scared. You didn't really know what was going on. You were terrified that something terrible was going to happen to your wife. And then the second yeah. pregnancy happens, do you feel like there was still that fear hiding, waiting for something bad to happen because of... Uh, mo- yeah, go ahead. Most definitely, because, you know, after she had that first... uh complication the doctor uh told us that she could she might have that complication again Mm -hmm. but it was a low possibility Mm -hmm. but it was still there you know it was still in our minds uh we were still cautious of how she ate uh her exercises stuff like that you know Mm -hmm. but it was a lot smoother the second time around okay okay now as far as the second one goes no complications at all right no. Wow. I mean, she still had to have a C-section. Mm-hmm. But, I mean... I mean, outside of that, at least the pregnancy itself, right? Super smooth. Yeah. Wow. Now, talk to me about postpartum uh, for the second, uh, for your second son. Um, did you experience that again? Coming from your uh, wife? She- she wasn't really as much as the first one, but she still has some, you know, a lot of hormonal changes and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like, you know, it's normal for after pregnancy. So we would just, you know, take it easy. We'll take it, like I said, day by day, stuff like that. Just try to work on her, work on herself, you know, work, help baby, do what we can to help support. Okay. Okay. So now you have two kids, man. You have two beautiful boys, man, and and it's it's incredible for me to hear everything that you you guys have gone through, man. That's insane, man. I can't even begin, especially the first one. Like, yeah. wow, dude. And so <clears throat> after <laughs> after having had the experience of being a father i'm assuming that has changed your relationship with your parents yeah so my parents and i don't really speak as much like we used to don't know why i mean they live like 10 minutes away you know mm-hmm. the problem that I that we're having is you know they always expect us to call them us to go over there 
us to i hate that shit i hate that shit is that is that a is that an older generation kind of thing i think so i mean you know us hispanics always have that culture of you know we're the parent you come to us kind of thing right always like why can't you come to our house why is that so hard why can't you give me a phone call exactly Oh, I mean, man. so, I mean, I'll talk to them, like, you know, once in a while, stuff like that, but we're not as attached as we used to be, you know? Okay. Because we started, because we started figuring out, you know, it's not always, you know, us go to you or us go over there, stuff like that, you know? It has, the phone works both ways, you know? You know where I live, my house is always open for y'all. Stuff like that. And it's hard for me, you know, because I, with me, high school, I was alone. I mean, I wasn't alone, but, you know, my parents didn't really pay much attention to me, mm-hmm. right? Going to the military, they started paying more attention to me, right? Mm-hmm. After they found out I wasn't there, stuff like that, they started talking to me more. Uh, they, you know, made actually an effort to go see me and everything like that right got out had the first child they were still there second child distance like i don't understand like i never really talked to my mom or dad about it like i'm that type like i don't want no problems i don't you know i'm just gonna stay with my family my world i'm not gonna try if you don't make an effort. Why would I try making effort every time kind of thing? That's and that's the thing, too, man. I think <clears throat> I think it really is just our not our generation, but our parents generation. There you go. I think it's our parents generation way of thinking, because honestly, dude, all of my aunts and uncles, they're all the same way, man. I used to call them all the time because I love my aunts and uncles and I just stopped. I stopped because I I realized I was the only one that was making the effort to keep that relationship going. And then, you know, months would go by and then they're like, hey, how come you haven't called me? And then, hey, guess what? The phone both the phone works both ways. Why haven't you called me? Yeah, and exactly it. I mean, I'm never going to understand it, right? Because. I'm trying to make an effort to be, you know, when my kids grow up, I want to be there. I'm going to come to your door whether you like me or not. I mean, I'm going to be there. Like, hell yeah. I, I want to show that support to my kids. You know, I growing will. up, growing up, my dad was always working. Uh, I only have fond, like little memories of us being together, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, a lot of, a lot of my memories are, me going to work with him, like you know, like what kind of what kind of memories are those for a kid nah, going to work at nope. eight, nine, ten? Fuck no, you know. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to be a better, better father. Uh, try to you know teach my son, grow my son. Tell them you know I love you more. You know that's what something that. I don't think a lot of older Hispanics, older dads did. My dad didn't. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I'm 
I want to change that, you know, with my kids. I tell them, you know, as much as I can, I love you, you know, te quiero mucho, stuff mm -hmm. like that, you know. Yeah, uh, I try yeah. doing my best to teach them, right? You know, try do my best to be there for them. Mm -hmm. uh, school programs that my kid has or baseball practices and stuff like that, I want to be there. Oh, your son's right. in baseball? Yeah, well, we didn't put them this this spring but we're gonna put them again in fall we <sighs> we kind of were a little bit late on the registration just Ooh, you know work and all that a but. little mini joel oh my gosh <laughs> Damn. Yeah, but like, it's fun i mean it's it's exciting he loves it um <clears throat> I couldn't do soccer with him because he'll be running around with the ball and going the opposite direction. So <laughs> he'll be having an alto golazo or something on himself. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I mean, going back real quick on the whole parent conversation, I, I feel you. You know, I, I think you and I grew up very, very similarly. Um, and it sucks. And it sucks. And, you know, the memories that I have, you know, working in El, in, El, in El Rancho, you know, feeding the chickens, helping him with the cows, helping him with the chiles and the corn, helping him with the beans, you know, it, it, it sucks, man. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, they're beautiful memories, don't get me wrong, but I mean, I'm sure my dad and your dad, they didn't play with us. I mean, I would have loved for my dad to have played with me, you know, with some fucking action figures or whatever, you know, or some fucking toy toy cars, you name it. Yeah, um, like I was in baseball, you know, I would play sports my whole life. Uh, when I was young, he would take me to baseball and, you know, T-ball, minor league, stuff like that. But once I started getting to high school, I was in I was in football, track, mm -hmm. baseball. They probably came to like one or two games the whole mm -hmm. season, the whole high school. I was, you know, high school year. Oh wow! So I mean, I'm yeah, trying to be the opposite. Trying to be better than you know. I don't want to say than them, but better as a father in right. the Hispanic community. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you're saying that because in the Hispanic community, man, it's really hard for us to, to open up. It's, it's really hard for us to, to show that emotion, right? Because we're always told, you know, suck it up or, you know, be a man about it or whatever. And then next thing you know, we have kids and now we're doing the opposite, right? You know, we're, we're, we're hugging them, you know, we're, we're kissing them in the cheeks and the forehead and telling, telling them, Hey, I, I love you, buddy. You know, I'm sorry that happened to you. Oh, that, yeah, all, like, oh, you fell down. Oh, I'm so sorry, bud. That must have hurt. Are you okay? Can I get you something? Yeah. And then for me, especially like working in the medical field, I'm very like, you know, I know whenever they, they get sick, it hurts me because I can't do much about it. Right. You know, it just has to pass. 
but as a dad, you know, it's hard because you don't like seeing your kids sick. You don't like seeing uh, your wife sick. You don't like being sick, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's difficult, especially for a kid, because there's not much you can do and except, you know, take them to the doctor and then them tell you here, just tell, give them Tylenol, ibuprofen, you know, um, maybe antibiotics here and there, right? Mm-hmm. And as a dad, as a father, you want to be there. You want to help them out. You know, you want to give them that support. Basically. Oh, absolutely. You know, everything's going to be okay. I know you're sick, um, but, you know, it's going to pass, right? Like, I, I don't remember my dad doing that. And that's what I want to change. Absolutely, man. And, and I'm proud of you for saying these things, man, because if there's there's something that I've learned is that words have magic, man. And, and just by you saying these things, it's it's you're putting it out there in the universe. And I, I can tell that you are doing these things, you know, just just by the way that you're you're talking, the way that your your attitude, your tone. I can already tell that just by the things that you're saying, like that you are that great father that you've you wish you had right we are we yeah. are the fathers that we wish we had exactly but it's not just i know it's not just in the hispanic community there's other communities out there you know other of races course. other uh, you know that are basically having the same thing problems as you know us but we have to be the bigger person, the better person to be able to, you know, change all that, change that mindset, you know? So now, do you feel like you have a better appreciation at least of your parents after, you know, having raised your children and like being like, wow, you know, I can't believe that I, you know, that my parents went through the same shit that that I'm going through right now, right? Like, do you feel like there's that at least that sense of appreciation towards them? Yeah, I mean, I appreciate them that everything that they've done for me and they did for me, you know. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, you know. No, I get it's it. It's difficult because they weren't there for me as much as I wanted them to be. Right. Older brother and my youngest brother and my youngest sister, mm-hmm. right? They did a lot for them. I was basically the forgotten child. That's how I call myself. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to be laughing, but like, just no. It's true, though. No, like, don't say that. Really? Is that how you really feel? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I, when I was in high school, you know, I've had girlfriends, I would stay at their house, stuff like that, and they never bothered to call me or, hey, where you at? I mean, yeah, here and there, they were like, okay, that's enough, you need to come home. But, you know, I've always, always, I was always doing my own thing, like, or go out and have fun and, but and then on top of that you know they would my brother he would get a lot more than i would you know trucks they'll give him another truck here and there give him 
everything that he asked for. Me, I still have the same car since I was in high school. Right? Oh, damn. I was blessed and fortunate enough, you know, to be able to be able to afford my own stuff now, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was difficult, especially, you know, my sister, she's only grown her family. Mm-hmm. So she was, you know, spoiled. Of course, of course. Now, <clears throat> all right, now here, here's what I've been wondering this whole time we've been talking. Would you have been able... To have a family while you were still in the Navy. Oh, no. That's a, that's a hard no. It would have been difficult. Like, just because I don't like being separated from them. Like, I don't like being separated from my family. Like, it, one thing being parents and siblings, but once you have your own family, uh, I can't do it. Really? Yeah. Like, I can't even imagine, like, imagine, like, you having had the same exact experiences, right? Your first son, NICU, preemie, and the sen- then the second pregnancy. Just imagine everything was the same, but rewind it, like, six, like you know, like, 10 years, right? Back 2014, or, yeah, t- back back in 2014, and you had a family, and we're going out to sea. I can't. No way. I wouldn't be able to do it, man. I would throw myself down the stairs and get, you know, medical set or something. I don't know. <laughs> like, I would do whatever I can, you know, stay home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, it's yeah, funny yeah. at all, but that's, that's how I really feel, like, right now, like. That because you know, it's it, true. I, no, it, it it's, it's funny because it's true. There's a part of you now that you know that you need to take care of. That's how I feel. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And then with just with the way that we had our schedule, it would have been impossible, man. Impossible. Oh, so, Hoyle, talk to me, man. I need to know what what do you think makes you a sad dad? What makes me a sad dad, right? Besides all the other stuff that I talked about, um, trying to be a better husband. Mm. Mm. Because a lot of my time, a lot of my effort goes to work school kids i don't give enough attention to my wife that's what makes me sad i feel like i do Mm. but thinking back to it i don't oh wow i don't i never tell her how much i appreciate her it's you know it's that part of me you know we never want to open up right as a man and it just it's it's difficult for us to open up. Yeah. But I know it's she she tries hard. She you know, she does everything that she can to help us out, to support us, to take care of us. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I don't give her enough attention. Mm. That's a big one, attention. Yeah, man. 
<clears throat> especially with how busy your life has been man like i can only imagine how difficult that must have been that must be on your end to be able to do that i mean as as easy as it might sound it's really not no it's not and that that's what makes me sad like i'm upset at myself mm-hmm. that i that i should be able to put more attention more focus make her feel like if it was our first date together make her feel like it was our first time our first Ay, so romantic love it i love that bro i love that well well you know valentine's day is coming up man what are you gonna do honestly i feel like valentine's day is just another day but it's like i've always told i've always uh said you know you don't have to have one day to show how much you love somebody okay okay very true i mean she she wants to go out you know i'll take her out i'll you know treat her like you know how it was before but Mm -hmm. obviously we have kids now so i want to start the chicles for all you white folks that means uh they're gonna be like bubble gum you know to the side sticking to the side but yeah. <clears throat> that's why i mean look man it's but i mean honestly my my oldest son he understands he knows it already so he you know he wants to buy her flowers he wants to get her a teddy bear things that he sees you know on youtube mostly but things that he sees he wants to do to her because he knows it's about you know loving somebody he doesn't know fully the uh, the the story behind it or anything like that but he knows it's about giving flowers and chocolates and here's and another teddy- thing too though brothers there here's a double-edged sword and and so now let me this is me just being devil's advocate right okay you say that you want to do more for your wife but do you feel like you're setting the right example to your children in that regards because your 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 kids are watching you bro they're watching you like a hawk they're yeah, seeing um, how, they're seeing how you treat mom they're seeing how you come home and that that first interaction right they're seeing that and they're going to grow up thinking that that's okay that that's normal right yeah i mean i try i try my best honestly we have our discussions we have our uh you know our uh debates or whatever you want to call it right mm-hmm. um sometimes i get to the point where i don't want to say anything i don't we shut i shut down whenever i get to the point where it's overwhelming for me i start to shut down mm-hmm that's just how I've always been. I don't like confrontation, you know. Yeah, yeah. If it gets, if it's confrontation towards my family or somebody else, obviously I'm gonna do something. But if it's between my, you know, like, in my family, I don't like confrontation. Honestly, I don't like, you know. Now, I don't like hearing. Now, me. let me be devil's advocate again, Joel. Is that okay? it's not i know it's not but because in my mind your kids are seeing that right they're gonna learn hey if 
if things don't go my way or if the argument or the conversation isn't going my way, I'm just going to walk away and that's okay because that's what dad does. Yeah. And that is my biggest problem. I don't like confrontation. I don't like, you know, talking about the same thing over and over. Like, right. I rather just, you know, move on, let it be past the path kind of thing, right? But that's, that's something I have to fix. You know, I have to find out a way to be able to, you know, discuss it, talk about it, do what I can to not do that anymore, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure. I've done it my whole life, you know. When you do something your whole life, you grow accustomed to it and you that's what you do. That's who you are. Mm -hmm. I got to break that cycle, you know. It's it's like you're rewiring what you've learned. Exactly. Now, <clears throat> what are you going to get, tell me one thing you're going to try and do different? Specifically towards your wife. Tell me tell me one thing that you're going to do. Tell me I want to hear from you. This is what I want to hear from you. I want to hear, you know what, Diego? Either when we get off this podcast or in a couple of days or whatever, I'm going to do this for her. Like, what What are you going to do? Because words are magic, Joel. And if you at least say it, it's going to work in your mind and you're going to be able to eventually do it. So what are you going to do, bro? So what I'm going to do... Diego with my wife. I'm a, you know, take her out. I'm a, you know, just have. Eso, there a we couple, go. A couple of days, you know, just try to talk, communicate, you know, just have be that what we used to be, you know, that couple. I mean, no kids kind of date, right? Uh, we try here and there, but sometimes it's more it's difficult to be able to schedule stuff you know especially with kids and parties and work and stuff like that right mm -hmm. and then you say oh, okay we'll go next week that week comes around oh we can't let's go this week you know it's we need to i need to set up a date where we can just be me and her and that's what i'm gonna try to do i'm gonna try having that uh, I'm gonna try being that, you know, schedule this date for us to go there or whatever, whatever it is, you know, like just, you know, go to the park, go for a walk, just us two. Just show that attention, that undivided attention, you know. Hell yeah, bro. I love that. I love hearing you say these things, man, because I know you're going to do it. I know you're going to do it. I know you mean well. I know that you're trying to do better, especially to the woman who has done so much for you. And I know that deep down, you feel like shit. 
I know that deep down you probably feel like you can do that you should be doing more because she deserves more because of all the things that she has done. Yeah. And that is, you know, I do feel like shit. I do feel like I'm not doing enough for her. And it almost, it almost kind of like brings in this like sense of like worthlessness, right? Yeah. Like, like you're not worthy of, of having such an amazing person next to you because you're not doing more. Yeah. And it's like, Sometimes you don't feel it, but after a while, it's like, you know, what the hell am I doing kind of thing, right? Like, I shouldn't have said that or I shouldn't have, you know, sometimes I say stuff without even thinking. Like, I mean, a lot of people do that, right? But to me, it's, I just, I just say it. Like, sometimes I have no filter. Sometimes it's like, Damn, did I just like say that? Did I not say it? What should I do kind of thing, right? Yeah. Well, you know what, man? <clears throat> I'm I'm proud of you because you are at least acknowledging it. You're at least acknowledging what you need to do better. And and we all need to do better in something. We're, no one's fucking perfect. Get that fucking mentality out of your head that you think you're perfect. No one's fucking perfect. And I am fucking proud of you because you acknowledge, A, why you're a sad dad and what you're going to do about it. I appreciate that. And it's, you know what, man? you're worthy, bro. You are worthy. You're going to fucking be able to be the best version of of yourself, not just for yourself, but for your family, man, because I know you, bro. You're such a fucking sweet guy. So you're you're one of the most kind-hearted people that I know, and you you're you're a, you you are a you're a caregiving person, if that makes any sense. You love to care for the people that you love. Does that make sense? That does. And I appreciate that. Almost brought a tear to my eye. <laughs> but I mean, but I really do appreciate it, man. Like, so it feels good to finally say it. Finally get it off my chest, you know. Now I was just trying to implement it and talk to my wife about it. Tell her how I really feel. Tell her what I need to do, what I, how should I improve, stuff like that. And and you know what, man, it, th- that might be hard. That might be a hard conversation. But the act of you at least attempting that, that's already a huge milestone, man. That that's gonna tell your wife, holy shit, he wants improvement. That's great. Who doesn't want a person that wants improvement, right? Yeah. Whew. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Well, we, look, man, I just want to let you know <clears throat> that I appreciate you for having taken the time. For everyone that's listening, <laughs> Joel and I have been trying to schedule this episode for a very long time now. <laughs> and it finally so happened. Many- <laughs> 
<laughs> so many circumstances that happen. It's life, you know, it's just life. And I just wanted to let you know, bro, I appreciate you. And I know that you are going to be able to keep to your word. That's nothing I remember about you very fucking vividly. You are always a man of your word, okay? Yeah. Next time we talk, I want to hear you tell me, oh, dude, we went to this badass place and we did this badass thing and we had a badass time and it was just fucking awesome. And damn, things are going so much better now and blah, 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 blah. That's what I want to hear next time we talk, man. Yeah, man, definitely, like, and for everybody who's listening, uh, you know, I just got a quick message, you know, be a better person. Be better than who you were yesterday. You know, it's just sometimes life hands you rotten lemons. Sometimes they hand you lemonade, you know, just it's what you make of it kind of thing. That was beautiful, man. And I do, I do appreciate you a lot, Diego. I mean, I'm glad you're doing this. Uh, I'm very proud of you for doing this, for starting this. And I just hope a lot of people is able to get some kind of message out of your podcast. That's it. That's all I want. I want, and you know what, man? I, I, I've already had a couple of people reach out to me and tell me, yo, man. You know, episode so-and-so really got me or, you know, what this guy said really, really resonated with me. And that's all I'm doing it for. Because it fucking sucks feeling like you're alone. It fucking sucks feeling like you're worthless and alone. Because, you know what, man, just like you, I need to do a better job of being a husband. I fucking suck. At being a husband and I need to do, I need to do a better job. I need to put my foot forward and really try to take on that role as I should. Right. Yeah. Be better than you were yesterday, man. That's all I can say. One day at a time, puppy. One day at a time. All right, Joel. Well, everyone, thank you for listening to today's episode. I really appreciate you guys and, um, this was actually the season finale to season one. Uh, I will be taking a small break uh, before we air season two, just so that way, you know, we can make season two even better. You know, maybe add an intro and, and an outro song. I don't know. But I want to make this big, bigger, better, and I'm going to... I need to take a little break so I can come in even stronger for season two. So, Joel, the fact that you were here and you did this today with me for the season finale, that means even more for me, man. And I appreciate it. I'm actually honored for to be the finale, you know. I- <laughs> Save the best for last. No, I'm Hell just yeah, there you go. All right, ladies and gentlemen. I do really appreciate it. Of course, of course. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. And uh, stay tuned. I'll keep you guys updated whenever season two comes. All right. Probably, most likely, sometime in March. All right. But I'll keep you guys.